Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome back to the Know Your Role Player podcast. I am your host, J215Forever, all right? And on my page, on my uh, podcast page, that is the Know Your Role Player underscore podcast, or you can hashtag Know Your Role Player, that's K-N-O-W-Y-A-R-O-L-E-P-L-E-Y-E-R. The best way that you can listen to this podcast is to download the Anchor app. Now, whether you have Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, CastBox, or many, many more, you will get notifications like when episodes like the one you are currently listening to are up. All right? All right. Guys, welcome back. Today is Sunday, September 5th. All right? I got my guest, French on. French, say what's up to the people. What's going on, everybody? All right, y'all. As promised, the Kobe episode, um, we're definitely not going to keep this too long. Um, definitely gonna keep this short, effective. You know, that's what the Mambo probably would like. That no long, drawn out stuff. So let's just jump right in. And I'm gonna let French lead as the guest as always. So, French, go ahead, man. All right. So, when talking about Kobe, and I want to preface this, it's just gonna be short, and I'm not gonna make this a Kobe better than LeBron, better than Jordan. Nah, this is just Kobe. So, you gotta start at, in '96, right? When Kobe was drafted. Mm-hmm. And you have to think of the impact of that draft yep, and then the impact Kobe in particular and some of those other players had on the NBA. And sometimes people forget 96 is arguably, and is in my opinion, the best draft in NBA history. Right. Allen Iverson was taken one overall. Okay. Stefan Marbury's in this draft. Ray Allen, Antoine Walker, Kobe Mm -hmm. goes 13 to Charlotte. Okay. So those other guys, they were ahead of Kobe. So Kobe at 18, not having gone to college, right, right. jumping straight into the league from high school, right. he's got a chip on his shoulder mm-hmm. before his career even gets started on draft night because he's seeing these guys go ahead of him. And he feels like he's better than these guys. And he's mm-hmm. talked about – he talked about that before. Yep. Like later on in his career, he felt like he was better than everyone that was taken ahead of him. Now, not only were these people taken ahead of him, Charlotte then trades him to Los Angeles. Yep. That added more fuel to a fire that was already, you know, to the ceiling. Okay. Cause it's like, okay, so now it's, oh, he's like, on one hand, it's cool that the Lakers want to trade up to get me, right? Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, the disrespect that a team, you know, they didn't get nothing. Nope. I want to remind people of that. And I, I have to talk about Charlotte because they play a huge role in Kobe's career. Um, but that's the first time you hear about Charlotte. And so Kobe goes to L.A. as a rookie. Now, people have to also understand Kobe was coming into the end of an era, right? Mm-hmm. This was the end of that rough basketball era. Those, you know, those old school, not not so much the fouls, but I just mean like, the overly hand checking mm-hmm. and like that, that was, you know, that, that was out of the league, you know, 10 years into Kobe's career, you know, especially after malice in the palace, everything had changed. So, right. but early on Kobe was holding his own defensively, right? He mm-hmm. was trying, he's a young kid. He is jumping from, you know, if anybody ever played high school sports that, you know, high school sports is crazy competition everywhere. Yep. Those that that's nothing, you know what I mean, compared to the league. So to take that level of a jump, like 
you just you know, so he he had a learning curve there. But offensively, if people remember early in Kobe's career, offense was not his problem, and Kobe was the first of a new generation of players that were about scoring. Like, all right, cool, we're gonna I'm gonna make sure my team wins, and you guys can have whatever little offense you guys want to have. But at the end of the day, as soon as that ball touches my hands, if I got the shot, I'm taking it. Mm-hmm. And that that birthed a whole generation of players. So Kobe's significance, even early on, right? And then I'm going to pass it to you. But I'm just saying, like, early on, before I even get into the whole Kobe Shaq thing, it's like he changed basketball. Not just him, but, like, him, Iverson. Uh, you know, these guys that were coming in and they just – their mentality was different. Like, they had done nothing. Mm-hmm. Kobe and AI had done nothing before coming into the league. Yes. But you couldn't have told them that. I just mean, like, from in terms of, like... As far as the NBA tra- production, okay. I yeah, yeah, in terms of, like, trash-talking. Right, right, right. And, like, right, within right. the game, it's like, Kobe and AI, as rookies, had no problem talking to Jordan, you know, talking to Reggie, talking to whoever. And these dudes are looking at them like, yo, who is this dude, man? This dude won a national title or something, like, yeah, you know, on a Wheaties box. Like, these dudes, you know, they were a different breed of dudes who were like, yeah. You know, Kobe famously said in 97, and he, he said this a couple years before he passed, that in 97 he was going up against Brian Russell, the same Brian Russell that guarded Jordan for Utah. Yep. And Brian Russell was like, you guys are about to get killed tonight. Your team is trash. And Kobe said, I looked right at him and I said to him, I don't care if we lose. I'm better than you, so you're going to lose tonight. Mm. And then Kobe dropped 37, and the Lakers actually won that game, he said. <laughs> but here's the thing. That's what I'm talking about. Kobe had no business talking to an all-NBA defensive player like that. Right. A year into his career. But that's just the kind of confidence the man had yeah. at a young age. Yeah. So when I think of Kobe, and I tried to – I tried to not get like two. I wanted to get one word to best describe him. So the best word I can say is two words because I couldn't come up with one. So I'm gonna go with intense slash passionate. Um, you know, unfortunately, sometimes with basketball, a lot of guys go through the motions. Don't get me wrong, guys play hard to get better, but it's not like Kobe lived basketball. You know, I, I remember one of the biggest things he said when he had retired that. He had no regrets when he retired because he emptied the clip. And when he said that, I kind of laughed because you know it's true. Like, yeah, there was never like, um, even when people said he had quit in um against Phoenix, I don't believe he quit. I just feel like he got frustrated and they said he was ball hogging too much. He's like, all right, I'll pass it. I'll pass it every single time. Mostly we can throw one with me not being aggressive. But um, like I said, passionate, uh, the will, the desire. As far as basketball toughness, is it can't be matched, man. Like whatever. However far you were willing to go, he was willing to go. Perfect case in point. Uh, All-Star game, uh, maybe 2011, 2012. I think Dwayne Wade elbows Kobe. And um, after the game, um, uh, Dwayne Wade calls Kobe. He's like, yo, my bad. Kobe's exact words, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I think he used to follow it up with like, yo, I don't know the exact date, but he's like, yo, March 27th and hung up. And um, the next game they played, I know you remember this play. Yep. Kobe has Dwayne Wade at the top of the key. Dwayne Wade got the clamps on him. Kobe can't get by. He does, like, this inside-out dribble and does this, like, this running floater from, like, the three-point line and literally banks it, man. <laughs> um, 
and like like I said, um, also um, the other thing about Kobe is the arc. There's no perfect story with Kobe, as we all know. He had his issues uh, off the court with his trial in what 2002 in no, I think so, it was 2004, 2004 in Las Vegas, right? The uh, Colorado, Colorado. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> and like I said, we're older, so we remember specifically right after that how like uh, before that it was everything was pro Kobe, and after that, and respectfully so, they was against them. Uh, there was a Sprite or Nike or Adidas commercial. I can't remember which one where it was like, "Yo, the world is against you. Are you gonna fail?" And it was just like, "No." So like Kobe's will and drive to continue to push even after the Polshek era. You know, if you if you if Kobe never wins a championship, he's still a great player. But it was so determined to one get more Shaq, uh, championships than Shaq, but two to continue to push his legacy. I yeah. still always say the the biggest my biggest problem with Kobe is that well not biggest problem my biggest critique as far as Kobe in the NBA is that he only won one MVP. I just think that's terrible indicative, especially in those two thousand six two thousand seven seasons. He's averaging like almost thirty four thirty five points a game. And, Steve um, Nash years, yeah, man, uh, it, it's tough, man. And like I said, I'm not the I, I'm not the guy that kills Steve Nash. I'm not the guy that takes away other people's accomplishments. But dude, if you remember, you remember. Listen, I know you remember them years. Those are the dog days in the Lakers. Yeah, and um, it's and, and you know it's kind of weird that we could jump into this part about Kobe and the ball hogging. You know, um, it's kind of weird, even though this is a thing about him. We're gonna be fair and talk about everything. I think the ball hogging was kind of just Kobe, like yo, I've practice and try this stuff so much it's not that I don't trust my teammates even though he didn't I just feel like he feels like he can make this shot more times than not over passing the ball and letting a different outcome happen you know um, what I'm saying Go ahead. so yeah I agree with that but I also think like I think early I think like there's different stages to his ball ho- ball hogging like yeah. early in his career he was just the kid yeah, he no, was he was putting, just not. He early, was putting butts in the seats. 323 Kobe, he was just gunning. Yeah, he, he was, was putting, but he was putting butts in the seats. Right. And I just think the coaches were encouraging him. You know, pre-Phil Jackson, they were encouraging him, like, yo, just shoot. Like, do you. Like, if you go out and get 50, yeah. Like, they weren't – those Lakers weren't trying to win a championship, right? Right. And it got to a point where they got Shaq. Then I think Kobe was ball hogging out of spite. <laughs> Certain time, like certain certain times hey, in that relationship, keep it yeah, I'm keeping absolutely. it a buck. Like Kobe's my favorite player, but I do think Kobe at certain times in that process, those years, there were certain times he'd ball hog at a spite where it's like, especially early when Shaq came yep. in fat. People don't remember that Shaq came into LA fat, and yeah, Phil Jackson said, cool, "You're fat. I'm gonna play you as many minutes as I physically can, as long as you don't die or foul out." Right, and and they did. That was the most minutes of Shaq's career, and yep. Kobe was pissed off because Kobe's just like as great as you are, and as great as I am, I'm putting in all this work. I'm in the best shape of my life, and you're coming right. in here heavy. So right. there was times I thought Kobe was ball hogging out of spite, but like you said, there was a lot of times too, especially after Shaq. Mm-hmm. And as great as Paul Gasol was, Paul Gasol was somebody that needed somebody to get him the ball. Yeah. So there were times where Kobe was like, "Listen." I put in a lot of work. I got a better chance of taking this lower percentage shot. You know, I have a better chance taking this 50-50 shot mm-hmm. than Derek than I have, you know, Derek Fisher taking a 70%, you know, three-point shooter. Right. Or not even 70%, but like a 30% three. Like, that's the other thing, TJ. I want to bring this up real quick. When it comes to Kobe and ball hogging, right, let's not forget 
Kobe never shot like 29% from the field. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, so Kobe taking a contested to me is a 50-50 shot on a with with an average defender. It's a, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a little higher with an average defender. Maybe 55, 45. Right. That's still a higher percentage than what Steph Curry shoots from the three-point line. Like I have to just remind people that like we kill certain players for ball hogging and we said, oh, that's a bad shot. So, Percentage-wise, so it's not. I'm just so saying. what I'll say is Kobe played in the era where shot selection wasn't that important. It's more about value, right? Yeah. It's like, I got to score. I got to get buckets. It don't have to be efficient. Efficiency yeah. now. And Kobe, championship years later in his career, especially the Orlando championship, extremely efficient. So don't don't think that he didn't learn how to become yeah. more efficient. He definitely did. But early on in his career, it was like just like get buckets. And like I said, it wasn't always efficient. But listen, again, we, go, we you already know the teammates, uh, Swish Parker, it, oh, it's Chris terrible. Mims. Like, dude, these guys are playing to a borderline that NBA player. So, again, him shooting the ball multiple times, again, he's playing the numbers. Okay, he could get 15 or I can get 60. Yeah. If I get 60, I can kind of defeat this team's will and we can just win this game. That's if he gets 15, point. we might still lose by 20. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a good point, too. Nobody ever brings up is the fact that, like, if a dude's ball hog, like, and I, this is, I'll bring up LeBron just as a quick comparison. Mm-hmm. Th- those seasons when, like, he didn't have Kyrie and he had, like, straight Matthew Dellavedova and stuff, like, on his best night, he's getting you 20. Right. But if LeBron gets you 40, you don't have to worry about his 20. Right. If LeBron gets you 60, now you're – like you said with Kobe. If Kobe gets you 60, you're in business. So far, he's – like, at, at max, he's getting you 15. Yeah. Derek Fisher, on a great night, Derek Fisher hit seven threes. Yeah. That's 21 points, y'all. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> to, to wrap up the uh, ball hall again, I think Lady Luck was on Kobe's side a little bit in some of these playoffs because, again, Lakers had a lot of crazy playoff wins. But I'll never forget game seven. Is it 2008? Boston? Yeah. Yep. So Kobe was gunning, and he was gunning bad, right? And, listen, Boston had a really good defensive uh, game plan with Tom Thibodeau and Doc Rivers, uh, really good defensive players, strong, solid veterans. And Kobe was doing some serious gunning. Like, until after the first <laughs> half where Phil Jensen to say, yo, dude, who's open man to play? And Kobe <laughs> told him who's open man. It was bad. It was – and listen, he – listen, Ryan Artest don't hit that shot. I'm telling y'all, we're going to look at Kobe <laughs> a little bit different losing two championships to Boston. We do. We do. Fortunately, he hit the shot, and we don't live in what is. But, dude, I'm telling you, Ryan Artest don't hit that shot. And Kobe finishes that game for, like, 14 to 36. Oh, my God. They're going to rip him. So, um, like I said, Lady Luck is on his side. But, like I said – uh. He definitely had moments when he got out of his own way with the ball handling. And um, to almost wrap it up, I think people who didn't appreciate Kobe, even though it's unfortunate that you can't find some appreciation in his game, even if you're not a fan, um, definitely found appreciation in his last game. But his last game was kind of a microcosm of him. So in his last season, Kobe Bryant body has completely failed him. All right. There's some nights he's got his legs. He looks good. There's other nights he looks like he can't play anymore. And it's literally on the rest, and he's literally out there playing just because he's like, yo, it's my last season. I've already retired, but, like, you know, these people pay dumb butt money to see me go out there. Even if I can't go out there long, I got to go out there for something. And that's always honorable. And um, I think his last game, what did he score? 60? Yes, sir. Yeah. 
And like I said, there's no um, against a, a decent, halfway decent Utah team. And again, it's just will and just will and skill, man. Just stupid moves. You see all Kobe's work as far as his footwork and his fundamentals come to fruition, getting to his spots as always, and just literally just willing himself to a victory in the team. Yep. You know, that, that win didn't mean nothing, but it meant everything because it was like, yo, that's Kobe. Even when there's nothing left, I'm still giving everything. Yes, you sir. Know? And it, listen, it works for him in that, and it works against him in tearing his Achilles. Kobe literally tears his Achilles, and again, we'll, we'll bring up all these moments because it's so important to remember your entire story. That game, um, I forgot the coach of the uh, – what's the guy? Uh, Phoenix coach. D'Antoni? Uh, yeah, D'Antoni. That game, uh, the thing, D'Antoni tries to sub Kobe out two times. They really need to win this game to make the playoffs. Kobe says, I'm not coming out. He's already been playing crazy minutes this whole week. Um, he fells two times before that, right? Yep. Yeah, his body was kind of already given out. And this him, I'm, I got to get up. I got to finish it. Until the third time, he looked at Harrison Barnes and said, yo, did you kick me in the back of the league? <laughs> but, and Harrison Barnes said, no, I didn't. And he tore his Achilles. But listen, even then, I got to shoot the free throws. I got to walk off the court. I can't yep. get my thought. Everything he does mentally is just is, – it just pushes mental toughness to his limit. You know, but the best and my favorite part about Kobe is actually not basketball. Kobe's post-career, as short as it is, is so amazing to me because even though as much as somebody gives all his all to the game, he had so much more to give after that. You know, we go to the ESPN Plus where he's breaking down the game and one-on-one scores. We go to where he breaks down James Harden, and it's the funniest thing because it's like a circle of life. And people are talking to Kobe like, yo, Kobe, you don't know what you're talking about. James Harden's amazing. And Kobe's like, yeah, he is amazing. But one player can't win a championship. Trust me. I know. <laughs> Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I, I try to do the same exact thing. It doesn't work. And sure enough, it doesn't work. And James Harden goes to play all with two other superstars. You know, he still doesn't win a championship, but he kind of gives into that idea. So, um, like I said, between basketball IQ is amazing. Um, mentality is amazing. The Mamba mentality is his own story. And if you just YouTube Kobe motivation with how he thinks, how his approach is to his process, it's literally some of the best stuff you can ever get, man. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, so, like, for me, when it comes to Kobe, like, there's certain moments, like, as being a Laker fan, Mm -hmm. so you think when Shaq comes and they build that little dynasty, right, and you brought up 2004. They have championships. Yeah. Good. No, I'm saying. Yeah, good. good, It should have been more. That's why I said little. I understand, but three is a little. Three hasn't been repeated in a long time. But go ahead. So, 2004, right? Mm -hmm. Stuff goes down in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the other thing that doesn't get talked about too often. So, at that same time, Kobe and Shaq were really feuding. Mm-hmm. And Kobe, Kobe tells Mitch Kupchak, right, while Kobe's in Colorado, this trial's going on or whatever, Kobe tells Mitch Kupchak, if Shaq starts going at me in the media, I'm not holding back this time. Right. Right? Shaq, you know, so then the Lakers say, okay, 2004 – they, the, the season before that, they missed out on winning a chip. Right. Okay. So they come in and say, Gary Payton, Carl Malone, we're going to bring in these veterans that we only need to play, you know, 15 minutes, right. 20 minutes, and we really just need them for the finals so we don't have people that make mistakes. Cool. So Kobe comes back, and it does not work. I remember this. I was in high school. <laughs> I was upset. 
because it didn't make sense to me because this was the first time you saw an NBA team really put a 2K team together. Right. Like, Carl Malone still had a little bit left. It wasn't yeah, the he mailman. Yeah, was, he was solid. Yeah, he wasn't the mailman <laughs> anymore. But he was definitely still like Carl Malone. Right. You know, Gary Payton wasn't the glove, but he was still Gary Payton. Yeah, he was like the plastic the, glove. With the... The pla- yeah, something. <laughs> but so, so that didn't work. And then Shaq, le- Shaq gets traded. Mm-hmm. Because the Lakers, Mitch Kupchak, again, you know, I'm not going to talk bad about Mitch yeah, Kupchak. But moving. Yeah, so Shaq leaves. And now Kobe's got his face. You know, the Colorado thing's cleared up. Mm-hmm. But now he's facing basketball adversity. Mm-hmm. And off the court adversity. Yeah, definitely. Because if people don't remember at this time, there were things because of the fallout of the Colorado stuff in his personal life that were going on. He doesn't have Shaq anymore. Right. Right. So at this point, it's like. Yeah, you got, you, don't forget, I didn't mean to interrupt you, his foundation of no, infidelity. Remember, he's, he's crying and he's at his wife right next to him. That's what I'm saying. Know? So he's got the personal stuff going. Plus, he's got this stuff with no – he doesn't have, you know, one of the top five players in the league at this time nope. on his roster anymore. And, and all eyes are on him. Like you talk All about eyes pressure. are on him. Pressure is at an all-time high. So, he comes and he's balling out. But, like Kobe has said many of times, one man cannot win a championship in any sport, period. Right. In any team sport, one man cannot win you a championship. So, the Lakers aren't good. But then they get Paul Gasol. Mm-hmm. So Kobe gets another player who's not top five, but he's good. Paul Gasol at that time, top 15. Right. Like, he was good. Right. And in his prime. And Kobe's ability, like you said, to win two with him yep. is humongous. For not only, you know, his ability to battle back. Because that team nece- should not have necessarily beaten those Boston teams. Yeah, I think those Boston teams are better both years. Yeah, like you look up and down that roster, those Boston teams have a bunch of Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. The Laker teams have a bunch of guys that were willing to play their positions. Right. Um, so so that happens. And then, like you said, the end of his career, Kobe could have went out multiple times, you know, and just, you know, bowed out, I'm done, listen, mm-hmm. my body, I'm hurt. Like you said, not even just the Achilles, but before the Achilles, he had another mm-hmm. injury. Mm-hmm. And it was like, he could have easily just bowed out and said, I'm not, you know, thank you for my career. This was amazing. I love this organization. But no, he decided to keep playing and to keep willing himself and to keep not just not just playing, but every season doing what he could to try to make sure that, you know, his body was in the best shape to win a championship. Right. And a lot of dudes can't say that. Right. So for me, I think of Kobe as being one of those guys where, like, He's in my top three NBA mental toughness. Right. You know, him, Jordan, mm-hmm. probably Shaq. Right. Like, if you can rank them however you guys want to rank them. But when it just comes to mental, like, dealing with stuff off the court, on the court, and always showing up every night and giving it what you got for as long as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Listen, nobody probably did it better than Kobe. Yeah. Kobe like literally I... was willing to die on that court. Yeah. Jordan left the game early. Kobe was, and it's not, not again, it's not a comparison nah. like that, nope. but nope. what I'm saying is Jordan did with a, what a lot of other great athletes do, which is know when their time is up. And one of the things that I probably dislike the most about Kobe's career is that part of me thinks Kobe, for his legacy purposes, 
if he would have left a little bit sooner, there wouldn't be so much of a discussion on where he ranks all the time. I see. I think that's subjective, and I think that's just whether people kind of like who we like. You know, it doesn't. Kobe's a top ten player. You can argue top five, but that that just gives down a subjectiveness. Like, oh, I don't like Kobe, so I'm gonna put this guy and this guy. You know, so. I've became a piece a long time with the Kobe. Yeah, I, I don't even do it anymore. Wherever you want to rank him, and you know, overall players is up to you. But when it comes to shooting guards, the two guard position, right? Outside of Michael Jordan, there's not a single person in NBA history at the two guard position, right? That you could put ahead of Kobe in terms of accomplishments on the basketball court, right? You just, you know. Yeah, so like I said, and like I said, like I said, with me with Kobe, you can learn so much um, for it. Um, a couple quick stories, and we'll wrap it up. We'll keep this under 30 minutes. Um, there was an interview one time, I think he was in China, and the guys were running the hurdles back and forth, and one kid, he's like, yo, you got to run all out in the hurdles or whatever you get sneakers. So one kid doesn't run all out in the hurdles. And so everybody had to run suicides, and this kid had to run suicide. Suicide is... Out of bounds to the free throw line. Out of bounds to the three-point line. Out of bounds to half court. Out of bounds to the opposite three-point line. Out of bounds to the opposite free throw line. Out of bounds to the opposite out of bounds. All right? It is – it literally is just pushing you. Like, it all, it's all it is. It's not even like – it doesn't do anything to make your game better. You get in shape, obviously, but it's really just a mental thing, man. Because the more you hit that ground and run back, the more you just tell yourself, when is it going to end? And it's one of the worst things I ever did. I hate suicide so much. But it was kind of funny. So in the last, when the kid's running, Kobe starts running with him. And then uh, Kobe starts talking. You know, he said he ran with him. He said it's a teaching experience because he said you work so hard that whole day. You work so hard. You put everything in that whole day. Why would you cheat yourself at the end? You already <laughs> gave everything you got. You know, and, and my thing is like that perspective is so crazy. You know, that perspective kind of inspired me to make the podcast. At the time, I was working 40, 50 hours a week, working two jobs. But I'm like, all right, I got to have something for myself. I got to create something. I got to I gotta have another thing. You know, I could obviously have a job in a career, but you got to have another thing which you're passionate about and you can really try to push to explore and see how far can you go with this thing. So along with that and being inspired by the podcast is, creates the birth of the Know Your Role Player podcast. So, you know, I'm forever in debt. And for no other reason, this podcast will go on just for me to prove to myself, like, how far can I take this? But as far as Kobe, I mean, the inspiration doesn't stop. I still watch a bunch of videos. It's still unreal to me. It's still almost like he just moved, you know. When that day happened, um, I had the Kobe's on when that happened. I think it was a Sunday. Um, and it just felt like, you know, you just got punched in the stomach. It was just unreal. And they're just sitting on the screen and saying, Kobe Bryant, dead. And it's just like, I'm looking at the screen. It's like, it's just no way. I couldn't believe it, like. But um, unfortunately, it's true. And all the other people that died in the plane crash, I don't want to forget them either. Yeah. But, um, like I said, man, the inspiration doesn't stop. Uh, the work is always, we're blessed enough that the work is always on YouTube. Um, hopefully, one day I can do a documentary. If I don't, you, there'll be plenty of documentaries on Kobe. Um, but like I said, man, you know, uh, the other other my funniest Kobe moment, as far as commercial-wise, is the Kobe Bryant Kanye West commercial. And um, Kanye's like, well, Kobe, I got this, 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 and this. And Kobe's like, cool, more. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's the perfect explanation, explanation 
to his personality. All right, you did good, cool. More. So that's pretty much it. If you got any final words, yeah, I got one little story, and you should appreciate this. So, for those that don't know, Josh and I went to the school together. Yes, there sir. was a teacher at our school, and I can't remember his name, but he played basketball with us sometimes at the Y. Uh, he was like a shorter white guy. Oh, I don't remember this. Go ahead. All right, we'll have to get. Listen, we'll get some. I'll get some verification yeah, yeah, on yeah, what no, his no, name no. is. Right, but you, know, you wouldn't come on so, the live. No, no, no. So listen. Where I'm sitting in his class one day, he's talking, he's teaching wine, and he's telling us, you know, he was from Philly, and he said, guys, I played high school basketball against Kobe Bryant. Wow. And I said, nah, there's no way. That's Cap. That's Cap. (laughs) And he actually had pictures in his phone um, of, like, you know, the yearbook, of his yearbook and stuff, and, like, pictures from that game where he was guarding Kobe. Right. I was like, yo, you you played, like, legitimately played against Kobe. Yep. And I looked up this teacher's numbers, and he had some decent numbers in high school. So right. I asked him, I go, what'd you, you know, what'd you do against Kobe? He was like, oh, yeah, I had seven points, three assists, two rebounds. I said, right. that's not bad, man. Right. I said, what Kobe do against you? He said, I want to talk. I said, no, 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 hold on. I said, wait yeah, a minute. You're not getting out I said, what did Kobe do against you? He said, well, at that time, he set the record in Philadelphia in high school. He dropped 63 points <laughs> in three quarters. And the coach of the team took him out uh, of Marion because they didn't. Kobe at that time, um, and I found this out later, that was the game Kobe had said to the papers afterwards that he wanted to score 100, and he was yelling at his coach because the coach took him out and wouldn't let him play the fourth quarter because the game was so out of hand. Right. And that Kobe's dad yelled at him and was like, you don't ever embarrass your opponent. Right. And, and Kobe played like that too. Kobe, you know, he, he played – and this is my last little quick point. The One of the things I loved about Kobe is he played the game of basketball by the unwritten rules. You don't score at the end of a game on an opponent. Right. You don't show up another team because you guys are still all, you know, part of this brotherhood. Mm-hmm. And you never know whose team you're going to be on right. at any given time. And I wish a lot of these younger guys can learn from that. And I don't mean in the, even in the league. I just mean in general high school players, too. Like the showboating and stuff and the, the holding up the three sign and all that, that that's cool, right? right. But remember, the, the – Two of the greatest scorers at the guard position, Jordan and Kobe, Jordan stuck his tongue out, and Kobe would leave his hand up. Right. But but neither one of them really, you know, they, they talked within the game of that era, but it wasn't in terms of, like, you never saw them trying to show up a team. Right. Or to be bigger than the guys on their team, too. That's another thing people don't talk about with Kobe. He was, he was a great teammate, like – on the court, he had his guys back all in the media, except for the Shaq thing. Like, Smush he would Parker. answer questions. Well, listen, I don't if he didn't think you could play and he thought you was lazy, yeah, he, he, he was honest. If yeah. a reporter asked Kobe a question, he gave an honest opinion. And if he thought you were a scrub, you know, that wasn't the first time you heard it either. So, right, you know, but I'll leave it at that. Kobe is a legend, rest in peace, and his legacy will live through his children. Um, so, you know, they're probably going to do great things too. So yeah, his children, don't forget his wife. Uh, yep. 
I'm not sure what's going to happen as far as the Kobe sneaker. Um, him and Nike had a falling out well before he died. And he fix was going it, to... Nike. Fix yeah, it. Yeah, please fix it. Um, listen, obviously he wanted to bank because he knows his worth. And Nike was like, no, they kind of try to front on players right before they retire. Um, he was leaving Nike and he was going to do something else. But even if he doesn't make another shoe on Nike, that's fine. But, you know, if they want to re-release those Kobe's, they got to make it right. You know, if you make it right, you have to make it right with Kobe's estate. Simply is right. Here's my thing. Maybe maybe Vanessa Bryant decides. Maybe she'll, somebody will send her this. Maybe, hey, Vanessa, if you hear this, call up Master P and Baron Davis over at Reebok. Yeah. Well, I'm obviously, yeah, I'll say this because I don't want to tell her what to do. With it. No, I'm just saying. Yeah, I hear you. But obviously, he had a plan. Right, he and did. whatever his plan is, he's gonna follow through on it. So that's what's most important. If you just follow the legacy, um, that's what's most important. But we're gonna wrap it up here. Um, this pod will most likely get posted. It'll get posted Sunday night uh, for Monday Mamba Monday. So I was gonna post it on Monday, but I'll post it tonight, even though I still have Shake Mamba Mondays on it. We're gonna come back. Okay, now this is what we're gonna do. Unless there's any breaking news, we're going to chill for this week, all right? And we'll watch mine most likely come back next Sunday, all right? If there's not any trades or anything crazy that we don't got to talk about, we're going to chill and then come back next Sunday, and we're going to start the uh, one team a week. We'll start with the um, Atlanta Hawks, all right? We'll go by city team name, and we'll go right on down the list, all right? All right, so y'all, as always, thank my guest French for joining us. Uh, like, share, and subscribe. Put in your Facebook story. Tag me. Tag the podcast page. You know, tell a friend soon. Y'all be good. Peace.